What's up, guys? Welcome back to the 3 of 7 podcast. Just me on the show today. Let me tell you about a dream that I had last night. Um, by no means am I saying that this dream is truth, or by no means am I saying that this is an accurate, exact portrayal of what's coming. Uh, I just want to share it, essentially to document it, <clears throat> because I think it is. it has some credibility in terms of where culture is heading. And then we're going to talk about some other stuff. But I just want to put this out there, man. So in my dream, it's uh, it was maybe 10 years, let's say 10 years, in the future. So if you're listening to this in... Now, in 2021, we're talking 10 years from now. I was in my mid-40s, and I was here in the United States, but culture had changed significantly in my dream. And in the dream, all over the nation, there were these state-sponsored euthanization centers essentially. And basically, culture in America, people in America, uh, would go willingly to these these centers that were government-ran and funded. And at these centers, you could be put to sleep. Uh... I know, man, this sounds crazy, but it was very real, and it's 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 really a burden on me today. Um, so you say, I, I was sitting in this center, and I was trying to wonder uh, why these people were here to uh, willingly subject themselves to this euthanization. Uh, these people that were in the center around me, they were not... Um, they weren't people that were like terminally ill. Uh, these were people from all ages that were there. And I'm trying to understand. And as I'm overhearing conversation in this dream, I realized that there were uh, a few uh, factors in culture that were influencing people to come and participate in this state-funded um, program. And so I realized that these people, some of the people in there were were essentially believers of new you want to call it new age religion or maybe maybe eastern religious philosophy so they were into meditation and and um God is in you and you are God and uh, all this transcendental stuff, and uh, obviously, which is you guys can all understand that because it's very, it's a very, very uh, strong force in our culture today, and and I think a very um, up and coming uh, religious belief. But here, ten years ahead in my dream, it was, it was like that was the the primary. Uh, or the foundational religion of anyone who believed in any type of God in the U.S., maybe in the world, but I was in the U.S. And so these people had been convinced um, through this transcendental meditation practice and and uh, thinking that they were gods and, and they essentially were convinced that if they could transcend life, uh, that they would essentially be set free. So this religion, these New Age beliefs, were leading people to these euthanization centers, and they were going in and allowing themselves to be put to sleep or killed peace, peaceably and willfully because they thought 
that was going that was the final step in allowing them to achieve uh if you want to use a a, a a secular term like nirvana that was like what they had to do they they had come to this realization that they had to they could only get so far with meditation um with um all, all, whatever yoga whatever it was whatever is attached to this new age religion they could only get so far but if they really wanted to become god they had to be uh they had to be they had to die and so they were coming for that reason because in their minds they were thinking well why don't i just why don't I just speed this up? Uh, why don't I speed the process up? And here's this government facility that would help them speed that process and achieve oneness with the universe. So they didn't have to live out their whole life anymore. Um, once they believed in this, in this religion, they could just skip the whole human life part or whatever was left of human life and could become gods by being put to sleep. And the other group of people that were in there were essentially people that I think they had, uh, they, and, and I'm trying to describe to you what my subconscious mind was telling me in this dream. They had belief that the reality that we live in here on Earth wasn't actually real, um, and that it was it was going to end at some point, anyways, through a through the natural process of dying. But it wasn't real, anyways. Essentially, and in some way, they were stuck in this virtual version of reality, and they believed actual reality was not real. So they were coming to these euthanization centers to be put to sleep so that they could achieve, um, uh, I, almost, it was almost like they believed that they would be able to live in the, virtu the more virtual reality, which was what was real to them, and they would no longer have to be part of actual reality. And then there were some people that were in there that just said, death is coming anyways. I'm, I'm in my 40s. I'm in my 50s. I'm a little more, I'm, I'm advanced in, in my life cycle. Death is coming anyways. So I'm not going to go through my, you know, elderly years, 60s, 70s, 80s, I'm not even going to fool with that because life's not even worth it anymore. And I'm just going to come in here and just speed up this process and skip over those years of being elderly. And I was actually in there with Blake and I was sitting in a couch and the, the government worker that basically facilitated or, or was there to run through the intake on the patients that were coming in here to to essentially be euthanized this person was explaining all this to us and basically trying to convince us that um we might as well speed the process up we can just go in here and and lay down and go to sleep and they were very very convincing, very convincing. And finally, I just, I just stood up and I was like, what the crap, man? I'm only 45 years old. I've got a lot of life left to live. Why, why am I even in here? Why am I in here having this conversation about being put to sleep? Like, what the heck, man? And uh, I ended up escaping or leaving. Um, again, this wasn't something like, it, it wasn't like a concentration camp. It wasn't something that was being forced. It was a government program that, again, had convinced people through religious ways, 
um, through through this virtual reality, and then just through the 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 fact that it sucks getting old. They had convinced people to come and be put to sleep willfully, and these people actually thought they were achieving something better than what life actually was. And, uh, huh, man, it was, it's, it's been, this dream has been just, it has just rocked me today, dude. It has rocked me today because as crazy as you think that I might sound, I believe that something like that could fit within the parameters of our society 10 years from now if we remain on the current trajectory that we are on. I truly believe that something like that could be real in my lifetime. And we have to be careful with dreams. Because like I said before, I even told you guys about this, this dream that I had. I'm not saying that this is like a, a, a vision from God that, that this is what the future is going to look like. I'm not saying it's not. I can't put 100% faith in this, in this vision that I had. I very, very rarely have dreams a couple times a year that, that, I, that I remember or that make any sense at all. So this is not normal for me. But I can't sit here and say that this is scriptural. I can't say that it's a message from God. I think we have to be very careful when we interpret our dreams and and we have to be very careful in putting any faith into them. Um, what I'm saying is, is that this scenario was deeply impactful. The dream was very articulate. And I think it fits within the parameters of the direction our society is headed. And it's a burden, man. How can I say society's heading in that direction? Well, I would say we already have state-sponsored facilities uh, that promote a similar agenda to this, which you guys all know what I'm talking about, abortion. Man, I didn't realize abortion was such a touchy subject until I, I made a post about it the other day, and it'll all be in my book where I talk through what what that means and how it impacts society, at least from my perspective. But do you realize as crazy as that dream may have just sounded to you? If it sounded crazy to you, some of you might be thinking about the reality uh, of that to happen the same as I am. Some of you might be thinking, Chad, why are you even freaking telling me this? Do you realize we have places where people can go to kill their unborn children? We have that. They're everywhere. It's acceptable in many circles of society, and it's actually promoted as a legitimate choice. The insanity and the evil of that surpasses the insanity and the evil that would be involved in having these adult euthanization centers. You understand what I'm saying? We, we're, we're going from taking innocent, helpless human life from the mother's womb viciously. In my dream, we're just talking about 
putting people to sleep because they think they want to transcend reality and become God. You see now how this could easily be interjected into American culture. I don't know, man. I write about the topic of um, state-sponsored murder of unborn babies that we call abortion in this book that I'm doing in depth. So y'all just have to read it there. I, I just I just want to share that with you guys, man. I also want to talk to you guys real quick. You know, the 307 podcast started out as more of a um, running, fitness, inspirational type show. And we still talk about those topics because those things are important too. I want to let you guys know, though, as some of our content has shifted in the direction of more um, spiritual, social, cultural, governmental issues, I want you to know these are not the things that I would prefer to talk about. And there are days where I just feel beat down, man. As I look around me and see what's happening, sometimes, some days I think I'm freaking crazy. I'm like, am I crazy? Does anybody else see what's happening? And the things that we see or hear of happening in terms of uh, the the degradation of our God-given liberties here in America, human, human liberties that are not granted by man, but granted to every human being on earth by God, the right to pursue life, liberty, and happiness. Um, these things being infringed upon and clothed and, and this closing in around us am I the, am I freaking crazy man y'all give me a sanity check shoot me a message on Instagram or something and give me a sanity check because there are days that I get freaking beat down because I, I care so much and I see these things happening to my brothers and sisters all over the world, but I, I've kind of consolidated my concern to what is going on here in America because I, I like I have to focus on something. Um like I feel this I feel a responsibility. Not even, I, I don't even care so much about myself. Like, I can endure, right? Whatever comes, I, I feel like I can endure. Really, the burden for me is when I think about the generations that will come after me, the, the young children that I love and I think about what their reality, their culture, and their nation will be like. Wow. It's, it's weighing on me heavy right now just talking about it. It's weighing on me heavy, man. And I think about that. And I think about being in my latter years of life when I don't have the physical strength 
to do anything about anything anymore. And I think, will I one day be laying on my deathbed? And will I think, when I look around me, at the at at what at what civilization in, in America has become, when I look around me and see the scenario that the generation after me is 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 having to endure, will I say, Man, why didn't I do something? Why didn't I do more so that they would be able to have a better life, so that they would be able to enjoy the same liberties that I enjoyed when I grew up, so that they could take pride in their nation, so that they could live in a culture that was that was governed by sound morals and ethics. And laws. I don't want to be on my last day thinking, why didn't I do something? And it's, uh, I'm considering it. The things that we see happening and hear about happening are just on the surface level. Understand that there is evil in this world and in this nation that is unspeakable. That you and me, we don't see or hear about because it stays so shrouded in darkness and it is so evil and this evil is perpetrated not only by individual citizens but also by governmental authorities um it is so dark that we don't see it or hear about it it it's really i mean what we see and hear about it's bad but it's not even scratching the surface of, of what exists in the hearts of man. And so all we're seeing is the surface. And it's interesting, the word evil. First of all, it's a you know it's a crazy time that we're living in when we can barely even define what is evil. When we are living in a culture that would consider um, the validity of something like pedophilia or all types of sexual perversion, um, we're living in a, in a, in a culture that... Uh, has completely devalued human life. Uh, we have almost lost our ability to define what is good and bad or what is right and wrong or what is evil. That's a very, very dangerous road to be traveling down. How do I define evil? Well, you guys have probably heard me say or speak of God's kingdom law or the moral precepts of the Bible or God's design for humanity. And so the Bible, to me, defines the parameters of good and evil. It is absolutely necessary for us to fix anything. It is absolutely necessary for us to have an agreed-upon starting point or document outside of ourselves that defines what is right and wrong. 
It, it has to be that way. When you hear me talk about God's law, I want you to understand what I mean by that. God designed humanity. He designed nature. He designed the universe. He's the designer. When, well, let's put it here in human terms. When someone here, a human, designs something, say a vehicle, each part of that design has to function within certain parameters in order for the thing to work at all. If any part of that machine deviates from its designed purpose and from its parameters, the, the machine doesn't work, right? When I talk about the law of God, it is simply the way God designed humanity to function. That, that's what it is. So it's, it's not, it's not a, a God that's pointing his, pointing his finger at us and say, saying, you better do this because this is, this is what I like. No, that's not, what it, that's not what it is here. What I'm talking about is our designer has actually told us the parameters of his design. And for things to work, we have to operate within those parameters. That's what the precepts of the Bible and, and God's kingdom law and, and, and God's moral law and, 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 and the ethics and, and, and the structure that the Bible gives us to adhere to in our own lives, in our own governments, in our own cultures. That's the point of it. It's to tell you how it's supposed to function. And it is the only way that it can function. Because that's the way the designer designed it. That's what God's law is. And we're way outside of the parameters of that design. Mm. All right. I had a question come in on Instagram. I wanted to share or maybe answer. This is from Lindsay. Lindsay heard me on Andy's podcast. Actually, before, Lindsay, before I answer your question, I want to finish up real quick on talking about evil. We talked about how we almost can't define evil anymore, but if you've reached the conclusion that, okay, now we can define what is evil based off of God's design, now we can define what is evil, how do you combat evil? Let me tell you right now, Evil is a real force that's in play that is opposing our Creator's design for humanity. Evil is opposing that at every turn. And it's like a freaking cancer, man. It multiplies, it grows, it gets worse until it completely consumes and destroys. The best thing you can relate evil to, in my mind, is a cancer. And it has an insatiable appetite to control and oppose our design that was given to us by our Creator. Now, how do you, how do you push evil back? How do you keep it at bay? <sighs> Evil does not respond to a demonstration. 
evil does not respond to your words or ideas. Evil doesn't freaking care about your financial status or your not, it, it 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 does evil doesn't respond to anything except for direct and overwhelming force and action you have got to take action in order to push evil back into the shadows it will never disappear all you can do is is drive it back into the shadows. It will never disappear until the king returns. The designer returns. All right, that's the that's the only time it, it will be completely eradicated. But we can keep it at bay, but it doesn't care about your protest. It doesn't care how you freaking feel, man. I told you it's like a freaking cancer. And so as we see evil continue to take a foothold on humanity and on our nation, it will eventually require direct action against it in order to destroy it and push it back into the shadows. That is the only option you can't negotiate with it you can't make deals with it you can't compromise with it you can't do any of that with evil that y'all understand that's the reason why our um our nation's policy used to be that we would not negotiate with terrorists that's because somebody whoever come up with that policy understood that these terrorist organizations were evil. They were inflicting evil will upon other people. They were categorized as evil. And somebody understood, we can't negotiate with that. We can't compromise with that. We can't come to some agreement or terms with that. There is no terms with evil. So at some point, I don't know what that, I, it, that's the hardest thing is to define that line of when are we going to take direct action against the evil we see being propagated in our nation. There has to be an alliance of people that agree upon the design for humanity, culture, government, we have to have that agreed upon design. The design has to be the design that was handed down from us by, to us by the person who designed it, the blueprint. We have to say, here's the blueprint. All right. Now we are going to push back anything that is outside the parameters of this design. We won't be able to eradicate it, like I said before. But that is the only option. And it's not easy. It's, it's actually dangerous. Do you understand that Satan's number one goal is to kill the king of evil, right, is to kill every single human that he can. Satan is characterized by the designer as a murderer, specifically characterized as a murderer. Do you understand why he wants to kill not just Christians, but every single human that he can kill? Do you understand why that dream that I had would fit right, I, I mean perfectly, within the plan of Satan's mind? Do you understand why that would fit so perfectly within 
Satan's plan for humanity? Because if he can kill you, especially if he can kill you before you are saved by your creator through belief in Jesus Christ, if he can kill you, that is the most sure way for him to have eternal control over your spirit, right? If he can kill you and you wind up in hell, that's a win for him. That's why he wants to kill as many people, Christian or non-Christian, as he possibly can. Because once you're gone, there, there's no chance that you will receive the free gift of salvation. Now, if you're a Christian, he wants to kill you because he hates you. Just saying. All right, let me see if I can get this question real quick. This is from Lindsay. Lindsay heard me on the Real AF podcast, the episode I did with Andy. Execute, execute, execute. She says, I love what you said. And you mentioned your testimony and said if anybody wanted to talk about it, to reach out to you. I was reaching out to you to ask what your testimony was and to see how you've kept a strong faith in Christ with everything that's going on in the world right now. Well, my testimony can be heard. It's um, it's go listen to the, the Rich Roll podcast that I did with Rich Roll where I talk about coming face-to-face with this evil opposing force in a tangible way and coming to the realization that I had to push back against this evil, in this, this time in the spiritual realm. See, evil, you have to attack evil on, a, on, a, on two fronts. Even here in culture today, we have to attack evil in, on two fronts. The spiritual front, all right? And also, the physical front, you have to take action. So, that's the way it goes. I found myself in, with, with this opposing force bearing down upon me and my team. We went on the attack with the help of some Christian brothers against this evil force, and we pushed it back into the shadows. That's the short version of why I chose to start taking the Bible more seriously. Go listen to that interview I did with Rich Roll. There's probably a, a, we've probably done a podcast here on it. That's part of my testimony. That's the initial part of my testimony. We would have to spend hours if I went through every experience that I had after that initial um event, all the experiences that I have had that have set my faith in God and Jesus in concrete. It's been a, it's been years and years and years of experiences to convince me both logically, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, that Jesus Christ is exactly who he says he is, that he came here, died on a cross, was buried, and was resurrected after three days, and that he now sits at the right hand of God the Father, making intercession for us. I, there, there, there is logical evidence for that. Um, anyways, the more important question is how have you kept such a strong faith in Christ with everything going on in the world right now? I'm going to go to my brother dash. I'm going to go to his post real quick. If you guys don't know dash, he was on the three or seven podcast, uh, years ago. Um, dash is, uh, Dash and his family are being persecuted now out in the state of Colorado. 
Um, his wife is a, uh, we'll have him on the podcast, but as far as my understanding goes, his wife's a teacher at a private Christian school in their local area, and they now have criminal charges brought against them because his wife um, is not obeying the the all the mandate stuff. Uh, I have to have them come on to tell the details of the story. That's my my high level understanding of it right now. How do you maintain faith with all that's going on in the world? Well, with all that's going on in the world, it has actually exponentially increased my faith in Christ. It's I know that sounds crazy. I read the Bible. I trust in what the Bible tells me about the past, present, and future. I have faith that it is the standard of truth and that it has been preserved throughout the history of mankind by God so that we can read it and understand God's design, God's truth, and what is coming in the end of the age. I read the Bible. That's a big step for me in maintaining my faith in terms, in these times. I read the Bible, and what the Bible tells me increases my confidence in Jesus. You know, Dash posted a few verses on here on his latest Instagram post. If you if you want to follow him on Insta, Instagram, his uh, Dash in a Van, D-A-S-H-I-N-A-V-A-N, Dash in a Van. They lived out of a van for a long time. But these verses, this is just a very small snippets of... Um, what the Bible tells us we will experience in life. Dash says, and Dash, I hope you don't mind me sharing this post. In my anger, the Holy Spirit was clear. John 16.33, this is scripture here. This is Jesus speaking. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Man, that strengthens me. He also posted about uh, Romans 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? There are so many parts of Scripture that give me insight, and tangible insight, into the hearts of humanity, into the nature of wickedness, the ways of the world, the ways of mankind, that give me insight into the future, the closing of the age, that give me insight into the design of mankind, that give me insight into who my creator is and how much he loves me. There, just That is what the Bible is. It gives you all those things. If you will make it a priority to open the Bible... Every single day, multiple times a day, read, search, understand, and believe what it tells you about reality. It will strengthen your faith daily. You will not lose hope. You cannot lose hope if you stay in God's word. You cannot lose hope. It will continuously feed you. It is the main substance in my life. 
Scripture tells me I do not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I don't know if I quoted that exactly, but that's about what it says. It is what sustains me and my faith and my ability to push forward and move forward in life. But you got to make the effort and put the time aside and create the environment where you can crack into that, man. That is what sustains my faith. Along with that, prayer. Being in communication. Do you realize that there's you have a you have direct communication with a God that loves you and understands and knows exactly what you're dealing with? You can talk to him and he will reveal himself to you. But guess what? Just like reading scripture, you got to make the time. You got to have the courage. You got to you got to make the place and the space to reach out to God. God tells us in scripture, ask, seek, and knock. Don't expect to be able to maintain your faith in Christ if you are not asking, seeking, and knocking every single day. You will get beat, slapped down. You will get starved to death by this world. If you choose not to do that. That's how I maintain and strengthen my faith. Scripture says that faith comes by hearing the word of God. In other words, Scripture tells us to strengthen our faith by reading and understanding and searching and believing His words. And as I see in terms, Lindsay, of what's going on in the world right now, what's going on in the world right now is in complete alignment with Scripture. You know, there's a there's a part of scripture. I wish I I wish I could look up the verse right now. I don't have it handy. I'm not really necessarily good at quoting verses and books and all this. I'm that's not my my that's not my game, man. I know what the Bible says. And uh the Bible says when you see all these things happening. Look up, because your redemption draws near. Send it, son. The world will starve you to death if you don't take the daily bread that actually sustains your faith, which for me is the foundation of life itself. Without my faith, everything else is meaningless. My faith is my most precious possession on earth. And it is the one possession I have that cannot be stolen from me. I can lose it if I don't do what God told me to do in terms of strengthening, mastering, and nourishing that faith. I can lose it, but it is the one thing on earth that cannot be taken from me. And how wonderful is it to know that my most precious possession can never be stolen? I hope you guys 
got something out of this. If you did, share the show. It is increasingly hard for me to put word out on a lot of social media platforms. The things that might need to be said cannot be said. And moving forward, the only way things will will be passed and words will be heard is from person to person. That's gonna be that's gonna be a reality at some point. So if you get something out of this, pass it from person to person to someone whom it would have meaning to. I want to thank our people on Patreon. Patreon, you are the reason this podcast exists. Every person that supports the 3 of 7 podcast on Patreon with their hard-earned money, you carry the burden of keeping this show in production. You willfully carry that. Everyone that supports this show on Patreon, you are the reason that we are able to do this and put this word out. And I can't thank you enough for allowing this podcast to exist. If you want to join us on Patreon, check it out. It's in the show notes of this episode. We do a special meeting on Patreon three Sundays a month where we talk about topics, deep topics, in terms of faith, spirituality, God's design, Bible. It's my favorite thing I do online. It's called Resurrected. Love you guys. Enough said.